0: n e t s u i t e dot com slash w t f. Lock the All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin this is my podcast. Welcome to it. My guest today is the the amazing actor and veteran actor a guy's been at it for many like many years 60 years maybe uh, he'll tell you i can't remember what exactly he said but brian cox is here his most recent incarnation is the uh, incredible character logan roy on the uh, hbo series succession which is spectacular and obviously, you know him from everything else he's done. For for me, it's really—I remember him from Manhunter and, and adaptation, and uh, and then it just kind of fills itself in. He's like, oh yeah, he's in that too. But but I was really excited to talk to him, and he I, and he was uh, into talking. So that's happening. I hope you're well. Are you well? Are you okay? We're ready. We're we're uh, uh, braced. We're uh, strapped in here to wait to see if uh, this country actually, I think really this uh, impeachment trial or whatever this circus is going to be or however it unfolds, though not being political, just observational here. This is not a political show. I am an observational comic and an observational person, and I base my observations on logic and personal experience. But uh, if they somehow manage to stifle any witnesses or uh, introduction of documents into this trial and also stifle the press from... Having access to the trial itself, it seems that this is the uh, not the test, but this will be a transition into an authoritarian uh, government. Uh, so that so we should know within a few weeks how America is going to go. Really, that aside, how's everyone doing? I just wanted to put that out there because uh, I, whatever you may think of whatever I have to say or however you react to the very few sort of instances of me engaging in political discussion, I do it so I'm on record out loud of saying what I've said. Uh, whether you agree with it or you find it tedious or boring or, or you, you, you think I'm, I'm wrong or it's not necessary, I need to know that I spoke my heart on this particular thing. So when many of us have to leave, I was like, I knew that, I knew that was happening. Or look, I am perfectly willing, to be be proven wrong. God, I I want nothing more than to be called a, a fucking idiot at the end of this because I was so off base. Cuz I'm willing to to step out there and I'm willing to make mistakes and I'm willing to say things that I feel that may turn out not to be true. Speaking of things I found out about myself from uh back in the day. How about all the way back five or six generations? I'm my episode. Many of you know that I was on Finding Your Roots, uh, the PBS show with uh, Henry Gates. Uh, I recorded that a while back, and uh, it's going to be on. It's going to be on tomorrow night, Tuesday night, January twenty first. I know it's on PBS out here at eight p.m. I don't know where it airs near you. Probably the same time, but uh, the um, the episode features me, Jeff Goldblum, and Terry Gross. So initially, when I heard Terry was going to be on, I thought that the show, the theme was interviewers. But now it's just I think that the subtitle of the show is uh, three Jews or uh, uh, look at the Jews and we go back with the Jews. But it's similar. <laughs> the title is uh, similar to that. It's uh, actually beyond the pale uh, the pale of settlement was a, a, a part of Russia where almost every uh, Ashkenazi Jew has roots. So I'm very excited about this. I have no idea how, I mean, I spent almost like three to four hours with Gates and with this large book that they put together with, through amazing research, almost investigative research. I would say, yes, investigative research. And they were able to trace my Jewish roots further back than they had ever before, I was told, with my dad's fa- paternal line into russia they had they found documentation like i think six generations back not necessarily information but they they got names they got the names going all the way back and there's some great names too after it airs i will share some of the spectacular names fucking beautiful anyways admitting mistakes in terms of wanting to be proven wrong subject line say it ain't so Dear Mark, I've been a fan for a long time. On one of my first trips to New York, my dad handed me a copy of the art section from the Times and asked me what play our family should see. Recognizing your name from your Conan appearances, I said that we should see the Jerusalem Syndrome. My dad responded with something like, I'm not taking you guys to see some Jew talking about his Messiah complex in an off-Broadway one-man show. We're seeing Les Mis. When I moved to New York, one of the first things I did was go to a taping of one of your comedy specials. It was great, and getting to see you for free made me feel like moving to New York was the right decision. Some years ago, I took some friends to see you at a basement in Park Slope. You read divorce papers for half the show, and I tried to explain to my friends that you were going through a rough time. You know, Did I do that? Did I read from them? I can't remember. I feel like he's conflating... Lenny Bruce reading his court documents about his obscenity trials and me reading my divorce papers, but I'll take it in dark moments, not sold out used to give me some solace in a way that your podcast does now. And the album still comes on when I put iTunes on shuffle. There is a joke on the album where you say something like, quote, now that I'm 35, there's not going to be any new growth from here on out. It's all decay management, unquote. When I was in my 20s, I thought this was hilarious. Now that I'm in my 40s, it's a little less hilarious. Over the past decade or so, I've listened to you finally find the audience you deserve and become completely self-accepting. And personally, I saw my own self-improvement really pick up steam around age 38. So the evidence is there that middle-aged growth is possible and that it is occurring for both of us. It would just help me out to hear you say that it was just a joke. You were wrong. And despite the two steps forward, one step back nature of personal progress, middle age growth is not a mirage. Thanks for all the laughter and entertainment. Okay, it says, please exclude his name. So I will. Well, nameless man. Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. I was wrong. I was, there is definitely many possibilities, almost I- constant possibilities for growth at any age in at least one or two areas of uh, of your being. Uh, in, and I think that m- the cynicism involved in that joke was what I felt at the time, and it did take me another, took me a while to acknowledge growth or to feel growth or to manifest growth. I I, I think that uh, at that time it was I was at a crossroads. There there might not have been any growth, but it, it it turned out there was. So okay, see now I'm just justifying. Yeah, I was wrong, and also it was a fucking joke sometimes jokes are there to create relief for me and relief for you, which it did. and we're happy I turned out to be wrong, right? Nameless gentlemen, we're happy. Yes, we are. Also folks. I, I got a couple shout outs um, can I do that? Can I do shout outs just be you know that aren't ads, but they are you know I want to thank the people at chewy.com. chewy.com sells pet stuff um they sell the uh you know pet food pet toys everything pet but they, they they it's like the amazon for pet stuff chewy and i've been buying my cat food there and my litter and the folks over there sent me a nice little gift package over christmas and i neglected to i I didn't want to i don't know I, I i don't know what to do i know that some people want me to uh Hey man, post this, show this. You know, you like this, do this. But like, I think it was, I think it was just a nice gesture, and I and I didn't acknowledge it. So thank you, people at Chewy. Now let me ask you a question, a business question. Can I exchange some cat food that my cats no longer eat for food that they do eat? You know what? I'll just look on the website. You don't have to. You don't have to uh, to answer that. Also, Parkman Woodworks just made me a beautiful table parkman woodworks at parkman woodworks on instagram made me a fucking stunning um table uh, from out back now i gotta get a grill do you guys know what grills to get i'm not a big grill guy but i'd like and i'm not you know i don't i don't plan on evolving into a big grill guy but i'm a pretty good cook and i've never really had an easy grill to just go out and grill with you know i used to have like um the weber little one the little You know, semi-circle one. What do they call that? You know, the little one that basically is about the size of a slightly large wok. And you you just cook on the ground. But I think I'm stepping up. I'd like to get a grill that's more accessible, that's uh, better, that's maybe propane or wood pellet. And I'd like to, uh, you know, just have it so I can cook on it without even thinking twice about it. So where it's not an ordeal and I'd like it to be big enough to where I can entertain people for a couple of reasons, not just because I want to grill outside, but I, you know, it gets really hot in the kitchen if it's hot outside. So it'd be nice to have that option. Whatever the fuck I'm talking about. All I'm saying is not, I'm not going to become some sort of grill bro or pit master. I just want a nice propane grill for the back. And if anyone's got any, anything they want to tell me about grills, tell me. All right, just tell me. You can you can tweet at me or you can uh, you know email me at uh, what is it WTFpod at gmail.com. Now look, this was actually a good note and I and I think that I'm gonna do I'm gonna try it this time because I you know, I talk about my tour dates a lot but I've been putting the date first which is logically dumb because if you're listening in your car or wherever. And I I say the date, a lot of times, who's going to register a date? And then I say the name of the city after, and you're like, oh, that's me. What did he just say about the date? So this guy suggested I switch him, and it's fucking genius. And why would I do it otherwise? Anyways, Cleveland, Ohio at the Agora Theater, January 30th, that's a Thursday. I'll be in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the Fountain Street Church on Friday, January 31st. I'll be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Turner Hall Ballroom, Saturday, February 1st. I'm just going to say the date. Fuck the day. I'm going to be in Orlando, Florida at Hard Rock Live on February 14th. I'm going to be in Tampa, Florida at the Straz. I'll be at the Straz Center February 15th. I'll be in Portland, Maine at the State Theater on February 20th. I'll be in Providence, Rhode Island at Columbus Theater February 21st. I'll be in New Haven, Connecticut at College Street Music Hall on February 22nd. I'll be in Huntington, New York at the Paramount Theater February 23rd go to dot com slash tour for links to all the venues can you dig it so I'm back from Atlanta obviously I was there for a week being sedentary being on set had a nice scene to sort of finish out most of the work I'm going to do on the respect film uh had a nice scene with uh with uh with Jennifer in the last day in her mansion in a mansion that is as being presented as her mansion and I got one more day to shoot the uh, big uh, concert. I'm going to be part of that. The Amazing Grace concert from, I think it was 72. And that's I just have one more day of shooting, and it's uh, it was great. Although I didn't do much, and I've been trying to take care of my back. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going to a chiropractor for the first time in my life. Tomorrow. I'll let you know how that goes. I was just trained not to believe them. Almost as if they're witch doctors or... or, or uh, <laughs> snake oil salesmen or, or just hustlers of a sort, guys with a racket, a racket. There's a lot of rackets, a racket. But I'm going, and then I'm going to go to the regular doctor two days later, and I'm just going to average it out. And I'm going to read a thank you note. Hi, Mark Marin. just a quick note to say that your talking about the loss of La Fonda was really a huge moment, vulnerable and generous of you. For all of our talk in podcasting and public radio about driveway moments and storytelling, as a listener, this just felt like the simple, powerful moment of one person living life. One microphone in a little room, not live on stage, and the truth. It was that lightning-in-a-bottle moment in radio broadcasting that I've heard so many people describe throughout the years. It's hard to know when that moment occurs in podcasting because there are currently just under 11 billion people making podcasts thrice daily, which is great in so many ways, but it does mean that the collective conversation among listeners is fragmented, to put it mildly. So I just want to say that, personally, here was one moment that found me in my car at night, parking under a giant sky full of stars, in the mountains up in Bearsville that made me feel less alone in the world about one of the most painful things I've had to do in life. I'm stumbling around here with words, but I just wanted to tell you that the reason people make things really exploded in my brain that night while I was listening to you. It felt like the kind of explosion Ginsberg described when he wrote about how certain words with enough distance between them causes a synaptic spark. He was defining how poetry works or resonates at its best. Thanks for the work you do. Thanks for making things. I'm sorry for your loss. Here's to all of us humans on Earth Trudging the road of happy destiny, occasionally keying the mic on the walkie to let each other know what we are seeing along the way. Best, Dan, New York. Thank you, Dan. That was a lovely uh, email, and I appreciate that you had that experience with what I do. I've had that experience with what other people do, and uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm grateful for it when it happens to me. Thank you for listening, buddy. I hope you're okay. Brian Cox is a great actor and he just won the golden globe award for his performance in HBO succession. Uh, the show has been renewed for a third season. I believe that I recorded this interview, maybe like the day before the golden globes. I believe that I, I think it was, ac- I really, I, re- I want to check that, but I believe we recorded this interview when he was out here for the globes the day before the globes. I flew to Atlanta, Georgia, the next day, and I was sitting at a Whole Foods, I told you about that, in Atlanta, in Midtown, at the beer bar in the Whole Foods, eating a salad out of a box next to a guy wearing a camo hat, a camo shirt, and camo pants, all different shades of camo, with sunglasses on, drinking a six-pack of Mexican beer in cans. I sat there and watched... Brian Cox win, and I said, "I I just talked to that guy. I just talked to that guy yesterday. To uh, to, to to nothing. So this is me talking to Brian Cox to you, for you, uh, from the day before he won." your podcasts I was just in Ireland oh yeah for two weeks in Northern Ireland yeah it's fucking beautiful
1: it's stunning <laughs> uh, it, it's absolutely <laughs> stunning and Scotland is more stunning
0: that's what I hear okay yeah, like it,
1: it's more stunning. I mean my family originally my you know in the mid-19th century yeah we're called Micmacs. Uh-huh. We're Irish Scots. Okay. So we're actually Irish descent brought up in Scotland.
0: And now is that like, are, they, are the Micmacs looked at in a positive light? Well,
1: the, the Irish were never looked like in a positive <laughs> light. The Irish had the, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I did a program oh, a few years ago on the television, which is, it was called From the Workhouse. Yeah. And which was the English way of saying, which was rather polite, but actually, the Scottish way, was, it wasn't called the workhouse. It was called the poorhouse. uh uh-huh. Yeah. And you could only get... Uh, you went into the poorhouse because it was the only way you can get any medical help right. by registering the poorhouse. Yeah. So I discovered that my great-great-grandfather, who was born in Derry, this is on my mother's side, he was called... Uh, in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. He was called Patrick McCann. And he, at the age of 39, entered the poorhouse with his six-year-old son, Sam, yeah. Having lost five of his eight kids, including his wife.
0: Oh my God! To uh, what?
1: Everything. You okay. know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they, you know, he was a he was a canal worker. Yeah. And he injured himself, and he did eventually become a drunk. Um, but he, you know, they moved like in the last year of his wife's life, they moved something like ten times. Huh. And they used to do these what they call midnight flits, so they yeah. would get out paying the rent and they would just move. Oh, right. And when I was um, <laughs> and I kept saying, Well what about the what about the structure of the families? You know, wasn't there a support? He said, and then this woman, this young woman said, Oh I'll show you the structure of the families. Your great great grandmother was called Sarah Maguire and I said, Oh, okay. Yeah. She said, And I'll show you where she lived. In fact, I'll show you the entrance in the Mitchell Library. So I went to the Mitchell Library, and they showed this entrance, and it said, Sarah Maguire lives on a stair in Calcadens. Wow. And they took me to this uh, place, and they said, this is where she'd live, and they showed me a step, and that would be it. No kidding. Yeah,
0: and this is some sort of like a, it was a it was a show based on your family's roots. Well, like, it, was, it was like it, finding it, it, your roots.
1: It, it, they did a few people, right? Right. They do the, that here. The finding
0: yeah, your yeah, roots. Yeah,
1: show. it's 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 that, and uh, the fact that my my beleaguered great grandfather, he he he's eldest son, yeah. his youngest son, and his middle son survived. All the other kids, Has, other, yeah. five of them died. Uh, all the girls died, and. Uh, he was desperate to get it. He, he was in Glasgow. This yeah. was in Glasgow yeah. because he was working there, and the Irish really got a rough time. You know, they didn't. They were not treated well. But yeah. when you
0: find out that stuff about your family, how how did it affect you? Do you I mean, knowing that.
1: Well, it, you know, you, you, you realize you've got all this information in your DNA. You right. Know, you, yeah. You, you kind of go when you try to when you try to sort of when you become conscious yeah. conscious of it, you realize your where little anxieties come from. It's right. It's there. It's it's, right. It's it's passed through the generation to generation. So it kind of, in a way, I think, I mean, I I, I, I think it's sort of been responsible being the man who I am. Yeah. I think I'm, in a way, I have a kind of gratitude towards it, whereas it's also a burden. I mean, I also had a pretty difficult time as a child because my dad died when I was eight and my mother was institutional. Oh, really?
0: So when now the 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 people you found out about were like four or five generations
1: back? No, they were my they were my mother's grandfather. Yeah, she was my he was my mother's grandfather. My my great my grandfather was a mysterious figure. He, yeah, we could never find his war records. He was he was in the um, he was in the First World War. And my mother always said he was a twenty one year service yeah. man, but I couldn't find. Him. He was a drunk as well, of course, which went with the territory. Yeah. and the, he was the he was the eldest son of the, this Patrick. Yeah, and Patrick eventually ended up in an asylum, and I got the last um, in 1910, wandering the 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 wards of the asylum, still thinking he was a 14 year old boy from Derry.
0: This you is know. your mother, your grand your, yeah, my you, mother's grandfather. The, oh wow! Yeah. So the so the mental illness yeah you could track that's right pretty far back that's right. What was it specifically?
1: Uh, you know, stress. Oh, I mean, yeah? stress brings on all. Kinds. I mean, my mother. She couldn't deal with the death of my father, and she felt horribly g- guilty for it uh, because she. My father was rather gentle. He was a. He had a shop. He had a. He. He was the youngest son of uh, a family, and uh-huh. um, his sisters took care of him, like my sisters took care of me. They. They made sure he was going to be all right. So my his elder sister. I mean, he's, yeah. There were 13 of them yeah. all together. Oh, wow. His his eldest sister made after the war she yeah. had a pension and she bought a little shop. Yeah. And she and her, my father worked in the mills and and our hometown is jute mills. That's jute what, mills. Yeah.
0: What what do they make? Is that
1: a, is it a fabric or well, rug? Uh, yeah. I mean if you you're, I know you, jute. Well, you know a covered wagon? Yeah, sure. That would the, be made in Dundee. Oh, okay. All right. And, so, and the, we, whenever like you that. see a western, it's almost
0: like a burlap.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's what we. That's what they. That's did. what they
0: did there. Well, they discovered it yeah.
1: through what what they did. How they discovered it was that, um, you know, it's a, the east coast of Scotland was a great weaving community, yeah. and they discovered this thing called jute. Yeah. And they also discovered it because Dundee was a whaling city. Yeah. So they discovered that if they dipped this yarn. In whale oil, it extended the jute, the jute extended, yeah. So that's how they set up the jute industry, huh. and that's why we also supplied the, the tents for the Confederate Army as well. I mean, it's an extraordinary story in, in, in the states, in the states. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, well, we yeah. were uh, Dundee, my hometown, had the, the highest child poverty and the richest people. In the world at one point. Now, did, was is this
0: something that you've grown up fascinated with, or is this all like uh, something new for you? No, no, know, it's to... something
1: I've been aware of because, yeah. you know, I'm aware of my roots, yeah. and I think of, you know, the people who get the top end of the bath in my life, you know. <laughs> so I've, 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 been, I've been sort of constantly aware of that. And I did a couple of programs. I did a couple of documentaries on uh, – I, I, I did one on Jute. I did one on the – On the, Jute? Yeah, on my family's yeah. religion, you know, because my – what happened in the 1850s? Yeah. The people, this is my father's family, they yeah. all came from Ireland. Yeah. And there was no work from them uh, for the men. Yeah. The men were known as kettle boilers.
0: Which, it just that's a, f- a phrase based yeah, on the, what? Making tea.
1: Okay. <laughs> Boiling okay, the right. kettle. So this is not, a, they, they not were, a positive thing. They were like house husbands, I get it. except yeah, yeah. without any of the care or responsibility. And, and of course, that's when, you know, um, illegal, well, not illegal alcohol, but um, uh, blended alcohol came in. And that's where the, in the early 1840s, 1850s, the alcoholic rate in Scotland was something like 45%. It's crazy. I was there
0: briefly, and I saw more public vomiting than I'd seen yeah. in, in Glasgow. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, and that was a few years ago. No, I, yeah,
1: that's, yeah. Uh, that's a tradition. Public <laughs> vomiting is a big Scottish tradition, which we keep up, and we do it rather well. <laughs> very know? well. Yeah, we, the, the Northeastern people do, because they bring Newcastle Brown Ale, they do lateral vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you you can't. It comes out laterally, uh, straight. But but in Scotland we bend over. (laughs) We have the decency to bend over. But keep moving. But keep moving, (laughs) (laughs) don't stop. Yeah. So anyway, that that was that was the history, and so jute was the thing. And then, so when they brought them over in cattle loads, and Irish and Highlanders, Highland families as well, predominantly Catholic, and they came over, and uh, it was the women. Mm. The women had been, you know, they'd been they'd weaved and they'd spin so from stuff, you know, they'd done that all right. their
0: life. They know the tools. They know the, the tools. The so they
1: they came into the big industry of the jute industry and it was eighty percent of the working population of my hometown were female. Wow.
0: So they—they're strong women, matriarchal women.
1: Very matriarchal, very, very. I mean, they—they did the most amazing things. Like, um,
0: and this was your mother, your grandmother. This is my
1: grandmother. This is my grandmother's generation, even my great grandmother's generation, (laughs) uh, and they did extraordinary things. Yeah, they were literally, you know, they were Catholics, and they—they—they built. They gathered the money. I don't know how they did it, but they built six of the most incredible churches where they had brought an Italian designer in and handsome who designed the handsome cab. Yeah. He designed one of the churches, the church where my parents were married. This
0: is in your hometown. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the Catholics have always been good at uh, at building stunning churches to make yeah. sure that the, the rabble understands who's in charge. That's
1: right. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's a kind of... Um, yeah. Awe-inspiring. Yeah, and sort of law of diminishing returns as well. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it now. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but it was very strong, and the, there was a thing called the Mother's Union, which was very powerful. So you so grew up it,
0: pretty Catholic?
1: I, I was, you know, part of the old Tridentine, you know. I mean, i, I mean, that's my theatrical sense. It comes from my Catholic ritual, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Sure. I, I loved Catholic ritual. I yeah. Mean, I don't believe in any of it now, but I loved the ritual. You I still loved, like it?
0: I like to watch ritual. it. Yeah. yeah,
1: I do. I can I can the, go to the I, swinging smoking. Yeah, I, yeah, robes. I can go to I, I can go to midnight mass. Yeah. And of course the great thing about catholicism is uh, confession. Yeah.
0: I just watched uh, I started watching that uh, two popes thing. The, just uh, I've always been sort of fascinated with confession but I'm I'm a Jew.
1: Yeah. I, well, you you that's why you have Freud. Yeah. You see, he, he picked up that Catholic he, confession was a good idea. I know, but so. he confused everything. Yeah, he, did. he did. The Catholics keep
0: it pretty simple.
1: Yeah, it's that's like, right.
0: Yeah, that's bad. Say that's this. A, yeah. Yeah. No, but that's Don't also, do that again.
1: But that's also a Jewish thing, confusion. Confusion, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Ongoing dialogue. Yeah, exactly. With our problems and whoever will listen to them. Exactly. <laughs> we, no, we have that kind of relationship with God. Yeah, you know, no matter who why? he is. Why? Yeah.
1: No matter who he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: but, uh, but so, but, you you found in your in your life confession useful
1: and when i was a kid yeah. yeah i mean i did because it was a way of offloading any angst that you had you know?
0: uh, yeah and there was plenty
1: there was plenty and but and you didn't have any there so was there was no,
0: alcohol and confession yeah
1: alcohol and confession you know and <laughs> it's that a, was that was, it's that a was closed the closed circle of, kind yeah, of <laughs> that was that was the root of it and it was the women you know the women they kept it going they were the ones who you know, I mean, my father was not a good Catholic, but my mother made him a good Catholic. You right. Know, you know.
0: And what, how did your father pass away so young?
1: He was 51. Oh, yeah. He had uh, pancreatic cancer. Oh, my God. And it was a- That's the worst. It was a hell of a blow to the family because he was a very, he was a very loved man. You were eight? And I was eight. Mm. And he was kind of. I mean, my father is. It's it's the problem I've had with fatherhood. Is I'm a terrible father. You think so? Oh yeah, really not good at all. Because I my father's mythic. Yeah. So you. I see you, you comparing yourself. Yeah. So how can you be? You know, what have you got? I mean, everybody bases their thing on their dad. Their dad trying as, oh, to do better or trying yeah, to do different or, would, or do different or right. having a not of, doing what that guy the, did. Not, <laughs> not doing what that exactly. Well, <laughs> I didn't have any of that. My father was like he was like a saint. So uh. I kind of thought. And I thought, there's no way I can live up to this. So I just abandoned it. (laughs) And when my kids came along, I just said, listen, sorry. (laughs) Do what you can. You're banking on the wrong person. I said, you know, it's not going to work. It's not going to (laughs) happen. How how are are they turning out? Well, they're they're turning out actually okay. But my wife keeps saying, because she had a similar background to me. Uh, She had hippie parents who let her do everything. So she says, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Oh, yeah, boundaries. And I go. I don't know anything about boundaries. I don't know how to say you cannot do this or you cannot do that. I'm hopeless. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. No. Ba- but yeah. Well, that's interesting because usually there well I guess not knowing how to have boundaries is better better than to be shut down. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I, I mean. I, I mean. I just. It's. It's hard when you go. It has to be like this. And I go. Well, who says? Yeah. You know. That's my thing.
0: Uh, can't. We negotiate this. <laughs> exactly. it's in a
1: way that we can just? You know. And I talk to my boys and yeah. I say. You know. But they're horrible hormonal kids how you many know. you get well I have from a previous marriage I have my eldest son who's coming up to being 50 I was I wow a, I was a child bride at one point yeah and my daughter my crazy wonderful daughter who's 40 yeah. and then I've got two boys uh, and the weirdest thing about my boys is they. I mean you know my I'm not very tall but I always wanted to be tall when I was a kid. Mm. My wife is quite petite. Yeah. But we have these six foot three sons. how that happen? I have no idea. In <laughs> fact, I, uh, there was a paternity suit we talked about at one point. but <laughs> apparently, apparently, they are my children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're still married to the woman? Oh, yeah. I'm still, she's <laughs> here. She's, she's back
1: at the <laughs> peninsula waiting for me. So no, now this shop your father had, what, did, what was the shop? It was a little grocer shop. And you remember the shop? Oh, very well. Hmm. Yeah, I remember it. And my father, th- that was the problem because he was in a, a ghetto community, and he gave everybody what they called tick, which oh, was right. credit. Sure, yeah. And yeah. nobody paid their bills. Right. So he was left holding the baby. And he's got know? the food. Yeah, so and, and, and this is what happened. I yeah. Mean, so when he died, he's, he had 10 pounds in the bank and all this debt.
0: And there were there were what five girls and one boy and there was, you
1: there was three girls and, yeah and, and two boys me and my elder my bro- my other brother buggered off I mean my my other my only brother buggered yeah. off as soon as my father died he joined the army yeah he couldn't cope I mean I, I, he was actually in in many ways my brother was more traumatized by my everybody thought I was the one who was suffered from my brother right but actually I think looking back my brother was the one who got brutalized by it all joining the army and. Uh, you oh, really?
0: Know? He just couldn't handle it? And yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't. And then you were th- with the three women.
1: I was with the three women, and they kind of looked out for mom. me. And your mom? and my mom. And my mom, you know, my mom was very troubled by it all. And she was very, she was a, you know, she was an interesting, she was so typical of, of working class women in, in, in that part of the country, in my part of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, she went into service in Canada when yeah. she was a young woman. She came back and married my, she met my father and married him and she always regretted the fact that you know that, that you know the women they had a bad rap yeah. had a particularly bad rap so it was tough for her and my father was very generous and my mother's great cry was charity begins at home you know right. so right. there was a tension there yeah and it also played on him, and I think it contributed to his demise because I think he just thought, oh, fuck it. I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> I can't <laughs> deal with this anymore. <laughs> <Well>, Brody, <laughs> do, do something to me. Oh, okay. You got me. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, me you a, think so? You, oh, really? You, you've screwed the pancreas. Yeah. right. Okay, I'm out of here. That, and that's a quick one. That's a quick one. Three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Three weeks? Three weeks. After, weeks. after diagnosis?
0: Yeah. Wow. And so you were brought in and your mother started to waffle mentally immediately? Yeah,
1: she, she well, she, you know, I mean, I, I, I witnessed, I came home one day from school and yeah. um, she was cleaning the oven. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, Ma, what's going on? She said, oh, I'm just getting the oven a wee clean. I said, oh, I said, but what's that smell? Oh, God, I must have left the gas on. Wow. Yeah. And, and you saved her? I saved her. Yeah. At that time. Well, I didn't even know that's what I did, but I realized that later on that I'd saved him. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: So how did... So your brother goes into the Army. So you is this where you start... Wanting to act? or No, kind
1: of- no. I started wanting to act because my dad used to make me do Jolson impersonations when I was two. Oh, yeah. Singing? <laughs> yeah. With blackface With or no? black... No, not quite black... Oh, yeah. well, I, I did sit on a coal bunker, but I didn't do blackface. <laughs> oh, okay. But I did all the actions. I did, sure. you know, mammy, mammy. And, and, you know, toot, toot, tootsie and... yeah. You know, and you were good at it? Yeah. And I was... Yeah, I was amazing. <laughs> and of course... You know our great festival in Scotland is Hogmanay. You know yeah. New Year's Eve. You yeah. know it goes on for days. And it's still uh, going on now. Yeah, it's still going on. <laughs> It'll be still going on. People'll be dying from drink and what have you. Yeah, still vomiting in the streets of sure. Glasgow. Yeah. So uh, no, and um, no, that was that was the that was the background, and and when I got that sense of approval. Yeah, you know, I thought, wow, this is good. And he made, you made him laugh. Yeah, I made him laugh. Yeah, yeah. I made him enjoy, and it yeah. was good. And I thought, wow, this is, and I, it's something I held on to. So I, and I, and I always was the class clown. You oh know? Yeah. I, 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 you know, this was, the, this is the way I could deal with the violence because sure. it was innately violent. You know, there was. Uh, I remember one time um, there was a guy who was probably autistic. You know, we wouldn't know that now. Yeah. He was called Harry Carey. We called him right, and uh, he was. A sweet kid, but he was very, you know, quite clearly. And these other guys in yeah. the school made me fight him, you yeah. know. And but I, you're not a fighter, and I'm not a fighter. Yeah, no. yeah. so I ended up beating myself up in, in front of him. Yeah, and, and, and all the kids. Realized we were dealing out. with a crazy guy because <laughs> I was I was hitting myself, you know. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. I thought, how do I get out of this? Wow! I can't beat up Harry Carey. Which yeah. <laughs> so when I go, oh, so, I'll beat myself up. He freaked them all out, <laughs> and I freaked them all out, and they never bothered me again. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy kid. <laughs> the crazy kid. yeah. Wow, well, it's,
0: it's sort of interesting. I mean, the, the sort of psychological dynamics of like. You know, understanding how how powerful you know putting on a show or entertaining is because you know your father who who kind of carried a heavy load yeah. and was not a yeah you know, necessarily that happy no 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 I mean he you could he, entertain him he, I, I have the same relation with my dad I can make him laugh and he was a depressive fuck you know <laughs> well
1: my dad was my dad was rather shy he was yeah. a rather quiet man who was put into a position by his sisters and he sort of tried to live up to it and he did he he was I mean. I mean, my dad, when he died, something like three hundred people came to his funeral. Wow! You know, he it was an
0: important member of the community. Yeah, I mean. and he
1: was, and he was loved. He yeah. was really loved. Yeah. And uh, and my mother was frustrated by him because he was just, he was too generous, you know, to right. a fault. And my sure. mother, you know, and yeah. she'd had a drunken dad. You know, oh, yeah. She did this. Drunken Irish father, you know. Right,
0: is, so she ended up like kind of a control
1: freak? Or? Yeah, she she tried to keep control. Yeah, She yeah. tried to keep, but she wasn't really a control freak right. because she, it snapped her. Yeah, you know, but she
0: know. wasn't boozy?
1: No, 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 no. She she drank uh, at the end of her life. She would drink um, um, <laughs> fortified wine. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. the stuff you get in the in, in uh, boxes in the pharmacy. Oh, you know that, oh, you, yeah. you know, that fortified stuff. It, yeah, she be, she became slightly addicted to that. Oh, I'm trying to find this photo
0: of the store.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a nice photo. Is
0: the is, is the storefront still there? Or the building or no, no? The
1: building all got torn down. They destroyed my city, which was horrible. The city, we had a very corrupt city government in the the 1960s. And the the guy, they they went to jail eventually. One of them was in the demolition business, and they demolished the city. (laughs) Really? To rebuild? As a commercial Uh, uh, development? Yeah. You know, and it was this beautiful little medieval town, you know. And they tore down buildings, which if it had been Edinburgh, nobody would have ever done it, you know.
0: So when did you start, uh, you
1: know, actively getting involved with theater. I started getting involved with theatre when I was um, okay. I I my education was a total disaster. I mean, I. I well,
0: you are running I, around beating yourself up? Well, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: or, or, or the other thing I was doing when I was at primary school, yeah. uh, I would always I would go for well, what what we call in Scotland messages, What hmm. what you would call errands. Yeah. So the. I mean, I, the great time for me was when the Marist brothers, we had Marist brothers who taught us first, and they yeah. were great, and then they took them all away. It was when they, they did a little bit of social engineering, when they broke up communities and put them in these horrible housing schemes outside the city. You know, like, like projects yeah, projects.: Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So um, we, we, didn't, we were not affected by that. We managed to stay where we were. We lived where we were. We, I, eventually, we went to one, but it wasn't, it wasn't a major one. What, the four or five of you? Uh no. That my sisters were all married. They were. My, I mean, I did spend time. My sisters lived in these grotty old tenements. I mean, my eldest sister, who's now eighty-nine, the one who's
0: here. Yeah, uh-huh. no,
1: not not the one here. The one in uh, the one in back in Scotland. Uh-huh. I mean, she lived in she lived in two rooms with uh, sharing two bathrooms on a stair. Yeah, you okay. know, and that, that and that was five five people. Flat oh, flats. Yeah, so I stayed there a lot. Yeah, yeah. with her and she because she kind of, she didn't look out. She didn't look after me when I actually. What was more important is she looked out for me, right. rather than after me, which was actually at the Get end your end of back. The day, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. More valid.
0: Were you? Would be did you need? Uh, well, wait. I mean, did you? Were you? Were the streets tough? I mean, was yeah, it like there a situation just, uh, where?
1: No, you, the, the school was tough. There were a few murderers, you know, yeah. uh, not, a couple of them. Yeah, you know, there was there was guys who used to go and you know, eleven year old boys used to go and terrorize old people. Right, uh, you know, I mean, there was you know, it was a lot of thuggery. It Mi- like
0: was just a miserable poverty ridden.
1: There was there was an element of poverty. Yeah, it certainly we went we got quite poor. My yeah. mom and I, because she was she had no money. My dad had died. And, yeah. She had a job. She was a cleaner in a school. And uh, I mean, she had a widow's pension, but yeah. she wouldn't get that till Friday. And Thursday night, we maybe have a tough time of it, you know. Yeah. Not every Thursday, but I would occasionally have to go across to the local fish and chip shop and say, you know uh, could we have some batter bits The oh, batter uh, bits yeah. were the things uh, at the end of the pan and, right, they gave right. us, and that would after be after they shake out the yeah, fish that's the... right that would be our dinner you know. oh wow little, uh, batter bits there's a name <laughs> for it that's <laughs> yeah. what's disturbing yeah batter bits <laughs> 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 could we have some batter bits that, that was a common thing <laughs> that's, yeah. it was mm, I, I think more common than people let on you yeah. know that, that 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 we did it and they were very good they used to give us to us so. it didn't happen all the time right. I and mean, I just remember a couple Doing of occasions when it was desperate so you didn't did you finish up school? Well what happened was I went to, uh, I mean as I say the the headmaster who Mm. came in after the Maris brothers used to make me go for errands. Yeah. So I missed a lot of school because I would be down shopping for styluses for his gramophone, you know, huh. and doing stuff like that. And no pay for that. N- no pay. No, no but 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 no t- but I could wander off and spend the day doing that. Right, and miss, right. miss, a, miss school, which is great. Which is great. Yeah, so yeah. I'd come back and uh, <laughs> or the other thing I would do is I'd go to the cinema. Yeah, you oh, know. yeah. I'd yeah. go to the cinema in the afternoon. Right. And I'd sleep right through till the following morning. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I used to break out of the cinema at four o'clock in the morning. You know. <laughs> my sister, my younger sister, the one who's here, Yeah. she was my younger sister. She was, they eventually, my two elder sisters eventually uh, created this situation where she could emigrate to Canada when I was about- Your younger uh, sister. Yeah. When I was about 11. Yeah, she, was, she was 21 and uh, yeah and i was i was 10 yeah and uh, she so she emigrated but she was looking after me and she was I mean, she was twenty. I mean, she was a kid. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous yeah. looking after this boy. But she she would panic because I was missing. Right. So the police were out looking for me, and I'd right. be running past. <laughs> I'd at <remember> four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. I'd be running down the high street in my hometown from the cinema. And, and from the cinema, the yeah. Greens Playhouse, which yeah. is a huge cinema, and I break out. I find a way of breaking out. I'd break out. You know, I, I I think there was two movies that I slept through. One was Hell in Frisco Bay, and the other was Giant. Oh yeah, so James I, Dean, yeah. yeah. So I kind of slept that's a long through. one. Yeah. It it was very long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It put me to sleep. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm br- I'm running down the street and suddenly there's this, you know the Doctor Who you know the Tardis. Yeah. Well, those, those are all police boxes. That's uh, what they were yeah, originally. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. So I'm running past and suddenly this voice comes out. Of the, Where are you going, young man? Terrifying me. This thing speaking to me. And the policeman he wouldn't come out. He just stayed in his box. Yeah. Talking to me, saying we've got to get you home. And eventually he came out. And took me <laughs>
0: And your sister was relieved. Oh, my
1: sister was even somewhat annoyed as well. So anyway, what happened was that I, my school, you know, I didn't, I failed my 11 plus. I went to a a very good school. I mean, it, it was a Catholic secondary modern school. It wasn't a very good school. It was okay. Yeah. And, but I, there was a couple of guys, there was a couple of teachers there who could see that I was a fish out of water. And they knew that this was, this was, I was a tricky kid. Yeah. But I had... You know, I had wit and I had humor and you know and class they clown, uh, and, you class, know. and all that. And they really liked me. Yeah. And they they looked after me. They looked out for me again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was being looked out for. Right. Not necessarily looked after, but yeah. looked out for. So they encouraged me uh, and I did little plays and stuff like that. And then I got and then by sheer stroke of good luck, um, my a guy called Bill Jure who was one of these guys looking after me. He had a yeah. he had a student who had been working at the local there, the Dundee Rep, which was pretty powerful rep throughout the country. It was, uh-huh. a, it was people where, you know, a lot of actors, Blank Glenda Jackson started oh, yeah. there and people like that, uh-huh. you know. Uh Nickel Williamson. Um and this kid called Frank uh, McGrath, he was he was leaving. He was going to drama school. So yeah. his job was available. Right. And his job was basically uh, taking assistant to the uh, the secretary and taking money to the bank every morning, which- uh, is
0: another, my, messenger uh, another messenger job.
1: Another messenger job, or, uh, yeah, which I, I did. Took it to the British Linen Bank, used to take the takings, and they were pitiful. <laughs> Wait, from the <laughs> theater. <laughs> from the theater. Yeah. And, uh, mop. you know, cleaning the stage. At but the you end were the in. Day. I was in. Yeah. And I used to mop the stage at the end of the day, and then I graduated- to doing scene shifting, and but you I, could
0: watch all the shows. I could watch everything. and were you doing that? Yeah, I was loving it. It yeah. was great. I know.
1: Mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'd been, you know, my thing had been movies because sure. I, I used to spend. You know, we had uh, double features, and we had yeah. in my hometown we had twenty-one cinemas. <laughs> they, they, really, they were trying to keep you off the streets. Yeah, yeah, and they were great. You know, and it was a double feature. You yeah. go in at six, you go out at eleven. Yeah, and I, and it was three-day programs, so I could see as many as eight movies in a week and that was yeah. your thing that was my thing yeah now did, did you
0: feel like you wanted to be in movies yeah all the oh, time yeah. you know
1: I was that's what I did I acted movies and, and
0: who were you like your favorite uh, who were your I, guys I, I
1: was I, I veered from Jerry Lewis to uh, Marlon Brando <laughs> oh yeah, you, yeah I had the a full quite spectrum a I had a range <laughs> you know I, 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 did, I developed an early range <laughs> yeah so it was a great time it was it was you know it was blissful I mean, so I you just, move up
0: from sweeping and, and, and uh, taking money to the bank to se- setting up scenery
1: and, uh, and stage managing I was the worst stage manager ever I mean it was terrible
0: and you were learning all this just by paying attention to yeah by paying was
1: attention and the people were you know people you know I'm uh, people liked me and you're you under 20 at this uh, point I was 15 wow I was 15 so and, when do
0: you get your big break well what happened <laughs>
1: yeah. was that uh, they, there was you know and I, I was you know I was sort of I kept my eye open on stuff about actors yeah. that came out of the various institutions you know and i you're aware of it I was I, this, aware of this it. guy's from here yeah, he's, he's a, big a, he's shot a rada and... guy he's a central school guy he's oh he's really what were the differences well there was just a difference in what's rada a royal uh well the rada was uh, so the, there was a bit of entitlement that went on what's with the, the what does that
0: stand for Ro- Ro- royal, royal academy, academy of, of music and Dram- yeah, yeah. Uh, royal
1: academy of dramatic art okay right? and uh there was this other school called lambda yeah called the london academy of music and dramatic, dramatic art and there was a Canadian guy who actually um, became famous later on as the smoking man in the X-Files. Oh, okay. Yeah, called Bill <laughs> Davis. Yeah. And he was this young 24-year-old director who directed in the company. And there was some very good directors. In I mean, Dundee? I, in Dundee, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was very, you know, he, he, inc- I mean, he invited me to a voice lesson. Mm. And I, I thought, What? He said, come, we're having a voice lesson. I, I didn't even know. what I mean, I had no idea what yeah, a voice lesson yeah. was. And there's this woman who was there who came. And um, she's, you know, became quite famous as a voice teacher. But she was this young 24-year-old woman. And she's now gone home. She comes from Orkney in Scotland. Yeah. And she's gone back. And her name was Kristen Linklater. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought, I want to go where she is. Yeah. And, of course, as soon as I got to the school, as soon as I got into Lambda, I was mm. 17. She left. She I got off to America. She came here. Oh, really? Yeah, to for, work. Yeah, to work. Yeah, and lived here for forty years and doing you know, voice work, teaching at Columbia, teaching. She started a theater company called Shakespeare and Company up in the in the in the Berkshires, uh-huh. um, you know, all, all, all in, in Massachusetts. So you when know.
0: you're watching all these people come in, you can tell the difference in their yeah. styles, yeah, be it from the institutions they're yeah, yeah. part of. I,
1: and I could tell, you know. And the the lambda actors were always little. They were always a little more thorough, uh-huh. just in terms of the the prep. So the, the so the Royal Academy, they 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 were a little entitled. They're a yeah. little entitled uh-huh. and uh, talented, yeah. but it was, there was no structure to them. There yeah. was, I mean, that's, that's unfair. There probably was a structure to them. But the Lambda thing was because it was- Thorough, you said. M- much more thorough. And it was very influenced. It turned out that I realized later it was very by, influenced by a man called uh, Sanford Meisner. Sure, America, yeah. The Meisner oh, really? System. Yeah. And that was, that was what was employed. That was what I learned when I went to school. So it's not a classical training yeah well, it is a classical training in one sense because you 're doing classical stuff, but you're using you 're using subject verb and object i mean the thing about it was I learned to read yeah at drama school you yeah. know I learned how to go subject verb and object you know what is the subject what is the object what do you right. what is the intention so right. you, you, and then you transferred that to niceness technique why am I doing what am I doing where am I going you yeah know? and it kind of fitted perfectly well there was a great teacher who's passed now called Vivian Matalon uh uh-huh. and Vivian was there he was this very kind of at like, Lambda at Lambda yeah and, and a great influence great yeah. influence so yeah. I, I had a very good time there and that you
0: were there when you were 17 17 yeah so uh, you w- would now I get the sense like who have I talked to? I talked to like Ian McKellen, yeah, you know about about Shakespeare. I don't like I'm not a Shakespeare guy, which makes me feel small. And no, no, yeah. no,
1: you mustn't feel that. <laughs>
0: And like you know, and and he and I and I don't. I, I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not uh, well versed at all. And he did it to my face. He did Shakespeare right to my face. Yeah. And I got it. You know.
1: But it wasn't too unfortunate.
0: No, no, <laughs> no It was. It was amazing to see a yeah. Shakespearean actor do it. Yeah. So you understand it. I think that's yeah. people like me who grow up. Uh, you know, watching Sam Shepard plays or whatever the hell yeah. American theater, a little bit or, or just it's hard. The language is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a, a type of vigilance I don't have. Yeah. Now I always assume that people from the UK or who train there are, are immediately doing Shakespeare.
1: Well, we do Shakespeare we, because it's he's he's uh you know and and he's the master of the English language. You yeah, know, you, yeah. You, and he's a great playwright. But
0: what I was thinking though before you came over here is that you know, even dealing with somebody like the new character, like Logan Roy, mm. right, on Succession, which is great. That that it struck me that as you go through the catalog or the, or the whatever they call the the entire Shakespearean your canon your canon yeah. that uh, you know there is a lesson to be learned both emotionally theatrically oh, yeah, linguistically absolutely. in in almost every
1: yeah absolutely. page yeah I mean I mean I I was I was lucky um, and I've been lucky in relationship to Logan because. 30 years ago, yeah. in my 40s, I did it with McKellen, funny enough. Yeah. We did this tour of Richard the Third, which he played Richard the Third and King Lear, in which I played King Lear. Yeah. And he played Kent. I, I, played, uh, I played the Duke of Buckingham with him. And mm-hmm. um, we did this tour, and, uh, you know, that was exhausting because it's such an exhausting part, Lear. And it's very interesting because you, you know... And you're young to do it at that point. Yeah, yeah? I was young to do it. But I'd had a success doing a, a little... A play which is not very often done in Shakespeare because it's a tough one, but I I kind of made it my own and that was Titus Andronicus.
0: That's like the the big bloody play, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: it's, but it's it's blackly funny. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's really and that was the thing I went for because again my humorist thing. Yeah, I went, yeah, I went for this kind of black. But I learned. You know, you learn on the job. Why, d-
0: why is it not done that much? Well,
1: because people get it wrong. They they, they don't understand the the ludicrous nature of it. What is uh, the plot of it? Well, the plot is that this Roman general returns from the wars yeah. to find that the state of Rome is in a bit of a state of flux. Yeah. Uh, the, there's a guy who's now taken over who's not very responsible. And there are these goths are brought on, and, and he's going to marry one of the goth women. Yeah, and he's and this soldier, he's an old soldier. He's lost most of his kids. Yeah. to this, the idea of Rome, and the idea of Rome becomes suddenly wanting, and yeah. he's left in a kind of state of like Hamlet, you know. And and when you look at the plays. You look at the later plays. You see that in Titus Andronicus is is all the. Try-out stuff. Yeah. He tried out a lot of uh, the ideas uh, for later okay. plays. Yeah. Like Hamlet's Madness, Fake Madness, he tries out. and You know, um, the, the Iago figure, he tries out. Oh. Uh, the Othello figure, he tries out. So huh. all of that's tried out in that play, and it's raw and rough and ready. So and, it's
0: emotionally and mentally raw. Yeah. Right. And, it, and,
1: and, it, and it's, it's hugely funny right. if you allow it to be. Yeah. Now, a lot of times when Brooke did it, he... He curtailed the humor because he felt the humor was- uh, Brooke? Yeah, Peter Brook. Okay. Yeah, he felt the humor was detrimental. Huh. But actually, it's the opposite. The humor to me is what, you know, because I think life is ludicrous. Yeah. I don't think life is, not, I don't think it's tragic <laughs> or funny. I just think it's ludicrous. And the older I get- You the, personally? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and as the older I get, the more, I mean, I think the- the 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 human experiment is extremely disappointing, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: there is a problem with the ending.
1: Yeah, there is, and there's no there's no validity to it, you know. Right. So I I, I have a real problem with it. Yeah. But it, but of course it serves me as a as a creative. Well,
0: sure. Present. I mean, that's I think that is the void that Shakespeare sought to fill.
1: That's right. Well, Logan <laughs> Roy fills it brilliantly. Right. Because Logan Roy is, you know, everybody says he's right wing. Yeah, he's right wing. but he's a nihilist. Right. Yeah. He, secretly, he's a nihilist. He's he doesn't.
0: Wants to burn it all down. He wants burn,
1: burn it all down because he doesn't believe any of it. <laughs> yeah, and particularly his own children. He, he says they're <laughs> fucked. These children are fucked. I mean, you know, and they're, and of course they're fucked, and I'm I'm responsible. But fuck them. You know? right. right.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting that you know when you really think about it, that is, it's not even really about power. I guess that seems to be what it's about, but but it is about. Uh, it, was, it, there's just this eternal sort of, uh, you know, I guess existential darkness and nihilism That's at right. the core of all yeah, of it. Yeah, an absence of principle. Yeah, and, principle
1: and, just gets in the way.
0: Well, what yeah. we're learning now is that 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 most st- structures that we thought were there to uh protect us are really just based on like you good are yeah. we okay well, yes. like, there's nothing, nothing nothing holding it there, together there's
1: nothing there's no roots to it against at all. immorality and we're certainly seeing it with our present that's administration, for sure you know
0: so but when you're doing like titus which i you 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 were known for right you yeah got, that was your big break theatrically yeah, yeah, yeah. what year
1: was that 1987 yeah. Yeah. yeah and you've been but you've been working a lot i've done a lot i mean i you know i i've had a you know i really really have a very fortunate career i've worked with a lot of great people like Lindsay anderson and a wonderful director called michael elliott who died too far too young i did you know when i was 36 i took over from pat mcgoon and played uh, captain ahab in a, an extraordinary production of moby dick so i'm my practice was always for these kind of big scale things in know, theater in theater and now from lambda how long were you there I was there I only I was only there because we were such a disastrous year that they, they didn't do the full three years. I only did two years. So I was out working I was out I mean I got my first job afterwards. I went to back up to Scotland and I worked at the I—I was a founder member of the Royal Lyceum Theatre Company in mm-hmm. in in, in nineteen sixty five, you know. I and where you grew up? Well, it's, it's it's south of it's in Edinburgh. Oh, it's know, in I, Edinburgh. I grew up in Dundee. So but you're part a, of the beginning of that, and it's still yeah, there now. It's, it's still in, there now. In, in fact, I did the 50th anniversary of it with uh, my great pal. Have you have you seen Fleabag? Yeah. Well, do you know the guy who plays the father? Yeah he's a wonderful actor yeah. called Bill Patterson Yeah, Bill's a genius actor he's yeah. a genius but he's very he's very west of oh, Scotland great. Yeah. he's very oh dear it's all kind of like that and he's all very <laughs> oh I don't know and he's so brilliant in that show so <laughs> it's a very funny story so I I ring him up and I say Bill it's the 50th anniversary he said oh what he said yes, it's, a, it's the 50th anniversary of the the that oh that's good that's good <laughs> he said I said yeah he said um, you know they want to do they want to do something and I, I've suggested that you and I do Godot together yeah you play go-go and I play Didi the sunny one and you play the poor me yeah because it's so west of Scotland <laughs> yeah. he said oh that would be interesting he said you know but Brian I'm worried about my legs <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and I said oh, I'm sure we'll be able to deal with your legs <laughs> what's, what's the matter
0: with the legs <laughs> No, well,
1: he's, he's, he's a little old, he's a year older than me. So, when we did that, he was in his late 60s. Yeah. So, so, now because of my newfound success, there's people saying, You know, uh, you want to do theater stuff. And I said, Yeah, I, I turned down a few theater things. And then somebody came back with the idea, What about reviving Godot? Yeah. And I said, That sounds great. Yeah. It's five years since we did it, we're a bit older, you know, can I remember the lines? So, I yeah. ring Bill again <laughs> yeah. and I say, Bill. Uh, He said, Yeah. I said, You know, we're, um, you know, the Godot. Oh, yeah. He said, Well, we're thinking about, you know, maybe reviving. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'll look at the lines, you know. (laughs) But you know something? I'm worried about my legs. (laughs) after five years (laughs) it's like you're doing the play already (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) he's fantastic he's just fantastic are you going to do it I hope so it would be great because it was a very we also did it very Scottish you know and um, we did it and, and I'm from the east and the East is all light and sun and you know, 24-hour sunlight yeah. where everybody goes wacky in a yeah. different way. Right. And the West is rain, drich poor me, you know. <laughs> you know. I mean, and it
0: really manifests itself in the
1: culture? I oh, mean, it, it does. It does. It's so, it's so deep to the culture.
0: It's <laughs> so wild, man.
1: Yeah, it's so deep to the culture. When do you start doing film? I started, my first film was in, oh, way back in the early 70s. My first film was Nicholas and Alexander. Oh, my God. I saw that when I was, like,
0: too young to see it. Yeah, probably. That's where they, like, at the end, they line them all up against the wall. Yeah, they, and shoot, they the shoot the them. Fam, yeah. I
1: remember that, that part of it. Yeah, no, it was pretty horrific, that. And I, I played Trotsky. God, it probably. Like, I'm wondering if you. May, yeah, I kind of can picture that. I can yeah, see you, uh, as Trotsky. I, I played Trotsky, and uh, it was my first film job. How'd you get that? Well, I. Well, it's funny. It's a very funny. Again, a very funny story. So it was Sam Spiegel, the famous Sam Spiegel, you know, yeah. director who directed, who produced, producer rather, who produced. Uh, African queen, oh, right. and, you know, yeah. and he was known as Sam P. Eagle at one point. Right, you know? the, an old studio guy. He was yeah. an old studio guy. Yeah. He, he had dancer's legs. I always remember that. He yeah. had the legs of a dancer. He uh-huh. was very nifty, but he was yeah. quite old. Yeah. So, um, so I, was, I was doing a theater job, and I was up up country, and, and in those days, it took you forever to get to anywhere. Yeah. So I had to come down to London on several occasions for um, this part and I I, 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 was summoned. I was doing the play, and I was summoned. I thought, how the hell am I going to get there and get back? So yeah. I had to get up at something like half past four in the morning, get a train to get down, then get my interview, and then get back right. for this sure. seven o'clock show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm, and I've done a whole series of meetings with them, and um, so I go down, and I, I was up for, uh, I'd been up for Kerensky, the part of Kerensky, and. Um, and he said, OK. So I, I came down. And uh, they were talking about Trotsky. and I So I, I, I came down. And and I walked in the room. And they said, what are you doing here? And this was Frank shafter We well, don't want to see you again. <laughs> I said, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, I was just told. I had to, no, 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 we, we've seen you. We've seen you. It's fine. It's yeah, good. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's fine. It's fine. And then Sam Spiegel said, yes, it's fine. You're in the picture. <laughs> I, I said, oh! I said, oh, really? He said, yes. You're in the picture. I said, so uh, uh, am I? Uh, uh, am I playing uh, Kerensky? <laughs> Or, or Trotsky. He said, Kamransky, Trotsky, you're in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: didn't even know the characters? you just are in it. That's it. Did you have a good part?
1: Yeah, it was You know, it was a small part. I mean, yeah. they gave me these pebble glasses, which I couldn't see out of. So I, I remember at one point when I had to find the handle of the door and I couldn't get oh, really? out. And, and yeah. But, but then was, like
0: you do like then you did but you only did a couple of films then and then there was a big chunk of time Yeah well just... the
1: point was I you know I I I was I mean to be honest with you I was always motivated by the movies I right. mean that was my thing as a yeah. kid It was movies, and also it's also to do with my culture. You know, I'm a working class kid from Scotland. Sure, I'm not English, and you know none of those English movies. I mean, I love them now, but they meant nothing to me. Right, all those English, you know, Alec Guinness's, uh, you know, the Labyrinth mob or or doctor films in Doctor in the House and all that, and those terribly, terribly English films meant nothing. But what meant something to me was. You know, the Bowery Boys, sure. um, uh, uh, Jerry Lewis, Spencer Tracy, because he was a Catholic, so I was, my mother always made me go and see Spencer Tracy. She loved him, huh? Oh, she loved Spencer Tracy. <laughs> and of course, I love Spencer Tracy yeah. as a result. In fact, I'm, you know, he's my very favorite actor of all times. Huh. And then Brando, you know, yeah. Brando and Dean, you know, and seeing them and, and that was the 50s and it was a fomenting time for me. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do movies and then, uh, the theater was like an alien place to me. Fact, but you were st- doing a lot of it. Well, I was. That's yeah. because that's what we do. And I worked at the Royal Court and worked with people like Lindsay Anderson. So that was a great influence for me. Well, in it's that.
0: interesting because you were able to integrate some of this. Because I had no idea about the the kind of infusion of Meisner yeah. into uh, into any of the uh, the schools oh, no, in no, Britain. No, no, no. It,
1: it, it was. It was. It was. Uh, um, what's the word? It was subliminal. Yeah. You know, very much so. But it was a kind of. It was, um, it was it was it it basically taught me how to read that's yeah. really what i like so
0: in in like do you find when you do it, uh, it like having done so much theater and you've done a lot of shakespeare mm-hmm. that your approach is, is you know what what tools do you you sort of rely on to build the character well
1: i just I, the the internal mechanism really yeah. i mean it's it's who the guy is you yeah. know i mean don't worry i mean You know, there's, you know, when I was a young guy, I mean, Olivier was around, and, you know, Olivier was just incredibly impressive. Yeah. Because of his audacity. Yeah. To see Olivier play Othello, which is unheard of now, he couldn't do that and get away with it. Right. But it was audacious. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And then seeing Nicole Williamson, for instance, who I'd who's the first actor I ever met because he was having a punch-up as I walked in the stage door of, for my job. Yeah, and you it, got to see them all. I work. got to see them all. I saw them all as a kid, you know, yeah. and we used to go from school, from drama school, we would go down there to a dress rehearsal and we would turn up and we saw Maggie Smith. I mean, Maggie Smith doing uh, Hay Fever with, you know, the great Dame Edith Evans. I mean, yeah. It was just, so that was a phenomenal period in my yeah. life. Yeah. So I really began to love the theater but I still had the cinema sure. and then when I did this, when I did that cinema and I, I you know and I held out I mean I, I did a lot of theater I went off and I learned my job I learned the job yeah. really, um, by doing theater but I always had this thing about the cinema hanging over me and then I I did two plays one was Moby Dick which was a big success for me personally incredibly yeah. and then I did I did two plays after that which was I did a play called uh, Strange Interlude, which was a Eugene O'Neill play, and that's a long, long play by Eugene O'Neill, which is never done. I did it with Glenda Jackson, and we transferred that to Broadway. Now, in the, in the interim term between transferring that to Broadway, I did another play in London called Rat in the Skull, which was about the Northern Irish conflict, mm-hmm. and I played this Protestant guy who turns this take, this uh, Catholic uh, terrorist, mm-hmm. And it's a really, really good play. It was a very powerful play. It was This was 84. So I ended up doing both those plays. But I ended up both going to America, coming yeah. here. So I came to America. I was in my late 30s. And uh, we did them, and they were big successes. And Rat in the Skull was a huge, huge success. And this casting director called Bonnie Timmerman came to see me in it. And... She uh, she invited me to go and meet her, and I met her, and and she said, and she, uh, I did an audition, and the pal of mine was my other partner and the scene partner in the scene, and it was Manhunter, the yeah, same Manhunter. So she uh, she's so eccentric, Bonnie. She said, she said, do you mind? I, I don't want to see you. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. She said, I don't want to see you. She's because. When i got to the theater i could only hear your voice because i i didn't have my seat properly i didn't have the proper seat so could you turn away from the camera and i said well, i've never been asked to turn away but i said <laughs> fine so i did this and then of course eventually i did turn into the camera yeah so and i got the job you know I got you were this, the first uh, Hannibal I was Lecter. the first Hannibal Lecter I, I remember got, yeah and i got that job and uh that was my calling card. So that what happened was I. Who was the killer Noonan? Was it Tommy, Tom Noonan? Tommy, Noonan. Yeah, Tommy yeah. Noonan? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic It's Dollar Hyde. It was a great. It's a great movie. It is. Yeah. You know, and Michael, man, yeah, nuts but very talented. And anyway, what happened was that um, I did that, and I was in America, and then my marriage, my first marriage, fell apart, and I was sort of. On the point of moving to the states, but I realized I had these two kids. You know, I had a teenage son and I had a very young daughter who was yeah. very affected by our divorce. So I couldn't move. I had to stay. So I had to get a job. See, so you're a good father, Pardon? You're a good father. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, I had I had I had to get a job. Yeah. And um, so I got this um. I got this job at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, and I, It's the last place in the world I, I, I thought I want to go. I mean, I'd, I had worked in the late 70s at the National Theater, and I hadn't enjoyed it. I didn't like Peter Hall. I just, he ran the place? Yeah. yeah. He, I, I just couldn't get on with him. And he was very good to me, but I, yeah, it, yeah. it never clicked. Yeah. So then I finally went to Stratford, and I went to the London end. So I started off in London, and I did no Shakespeare plays. And then Terry Hans, who ran the company, said, I want, to go. I want you to come up to the... Stratford proper. Yeah. This was in, this was at the Barbican, where yeah. they the, was the London base, and I was working there. And he said, "Well, come up." He said, "We want to do uh, Titus Andronicus," and there were all these directors uh, who wouldn't touch it; they didn't want to know. And he kept saying certain directors, and I said, "I, I I'm, am nearly 40. I said, I, "I know." I said, "I've got nothing." I said, I you know, I don't want to play safe. I, I want to yeah push. I, want to, I want to push it. Yeah. I want to push the envelope. Yeah. So what happened is we found this young director, this young female director called Deborah Warner, who had been had a success with her own company, but the company had gone. You know, she had lost the grant. Yeah. So we got her in, and she took over and directed, and then the rest was. You know that was it.
0: So this interest. So you 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 have this break in movies, but you know the family thing. You know you kind of uh, lived you, you you manned up to your responsibilities, right. came back, yeah, and and then you get brought in to this historical that's right. position and and
1: do this amazing version of this yeah, thing. That's right. Turned and it inside out. It turned it inside out, and then I stayed on, and I went to do the Lear at the Stratford, and I did I did a lot of touring. We toured. We did a world tour of Lear. We did a tour of. Uh, or Titus before
0: now Lear like in terms of like so it's funny because I read somewhere that uh, when you were doing Lecter, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Hopkins was doing Lear. When and then, I was
1: doing Lecter, Hopkins was doing Lear. When he was doing when I was doing Lear, he did he did <laughs> Hannibal. You yeah, are, you, so. are you guys friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, we go. We never talk about that though. Oh, you don't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, uh, that's that's a taboo subject. We never talk about it. Oh, the Lear's, the Lear's. Uh-huh. No, 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 the, the Lectors. Oh, the Lecters. We'll talk about the Lear. I mean, I, I'll, I'll gladly talk about the Lear because he got a lot. He had a he had a tough time on Lear, you know.
0: And what is it like? Because, like, you know, being someone who doesn't know uh, about the, the nuances of it, there, there, there seems to be some analogy to be brought with uh, with Logan Roy and Lear, but not really. Not
1: really. I mean, there is an element of. There's an element of, uh, I mean- Because Lear has a heart, right? Lear, well, Lear, uh, Logan has a heart. Yeah. It's, it's very deep in his body. <laughs> Embedded. <laughs> Embedded. But the thing about Lear is that, you know, Lear's giving it all away. Mm. And Logan, Logan is trying right. to take it all back. <laughs> right, that you know he's not giving it away to anybody. Uh, well, there's that. Thing.
0: It's like it's such a like when you say that about uh, about nihilism and and just this idea because we are living in this world where these these er, these older boomers. Yeah are really you know the, the the narcissism is that you know oh. the, if I'm gonna end the world's gonna end with well, me well
1: the, the, there's an element of that yeah I think that's true i, I I'm not I'm not sure of um I'm not sure of uh, Logan is gonna feels that he's gonna end I think he's 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 also smarter yeah, it's a great character. I mean, he's so much smarter than our present Potus. I mean, cause right, he's such sure. a dumbass. Anyway. Well, you no, know,
0: he's one of the guys that runs this type of that, right. an owner of politicians. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he does that. Yeah, I mean, that's I what he that. does yeah. and and uh, it's very interesting because you get this, you get this kind of thing about um about, you know, people in power and people of wealth, you know, people of wealth, you know. I I look at these Latecomers to the democratic race, like Thomas Dyer mm-hmm. and, uh, and now Bloomberg, yeah. And it was so funny. Bloomberg came to see the show. Uh, I, I, you know, i just. Oh, I don't know. I you? Know this, well, I've just been playing Lyndon Johnson. Oh, okay. I was the smallest Lyndon Johnson ever, but the, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we, it was all done with
0: the one that Cranston started. Opened.
1: Yeah. Well, I did the second play, right. which I just did on Broadway. Oh, okay. Called uh, the Great Society, oh, which right. is really the tragedy. It's the great. Story of mm. Linden falling apart, and L- you know Lyndon trying to keep the his programs going yeah. and dealing with Vietnam, right. which is you know turns into be the biggest shit show of all time. Right? Yeah. So that was fascinating to do that, and in the process, um, Bloomberg came. Bloomberg came to see it, yeah. and uh, I was—he was very nice, yeah. very sure. civilized yeah. man. And uh, but he—he he was a, was a little bit of a giveaway. Um, which is this thing about power and this thing about uh, being uh, entitled, mm. you know? And it was a very subtle thing. But he said that we were talking about. He said, "Oh yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, I was, I was very nearly involved in Vietnam. It nearly, nearly, it nearly happened." He oh, yeah. said, "I, I was nearly. I said, I was, on, I was on, I was in, I was on uh, point to become." Um, uh, of course, I would never have become a private. Yeah, I was on point to become a lieutenant, a lieutenant, rather, yeah. he said. And I thought, that's such an interesting idea, the fact that you can't think of yourself as a private soldier, sure. but you can think of yourself as a lieutenant. Yeah. So you're already thinking, this is your mindset. Yeah, you know, that right. you're, this is where you're going. And of course, eventually, he didn't go because... The, whatever happened sure we, I wonder what that story is we'll, we'll, find, out. <laughs> story. we'll find out but but <laughs> i just it, but again it's this thing of entitlement. The entitlement yeah. you know and you go wow they it's so naked and so unconscious well that's the the amazing thing about the
0: the way the roys are portrayed because once you when you get the hang of the show you realize like i'm not sure that this is how people really talk but there's a language here that, that sort of dances around the emotions of that's these right. type of people. That's right. There's a poetry to the thing. That's right. It's
1: poetic. And and it's highly political, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, because that's Jesse. I mean, it's, Jesse it, it, is a great, great, you know, modest, but a real, you know, he, he writes in satirical terms. I mean, he wrote this great series called The Thick of It, which was done back home. But it's really about power. It is about power.
0: Yeah. It and and uh, But it is interesting that the way you see Logan is this nihilistic vacuum. Yeah. Who, who
1: uh,
0: is, is playing a game, really, that's right? right?
1: And, that's right. And I kept, I said that, you know, we did. In the first series, I said it's a game. Yeah. And the kids don't get it. Yeah. They think right. it's a matter of like, they, they, they don't get right. the fact it's a game. They're taking it too seriously. You know, they take it too seriously and they don't get it. And of course, Logan, like all games, he takes it really seriously. But they don't they don't get the game. So they can't get on to the game. And, of course, at the end of the- It's a generational thing. That's it. It's just a generational thing. But at the end of the last series, the youngest boy, because he's, well, the, my eldest of my second family and my heir apparent, Kendall, he's pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. And he's pushed him to such an point that he's actually going to have to make some- It's a great ending. You know, some di- And, it's of great. course, he's a proud father. Yeah, <laughs> That is the beat at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's a proud father he said oh look the kid did well he's gonna he's gonna screw me yeah. but he's not right. <laughs> yeah we don't know what's gonna happen we don't know what's gonna happen but he goes come on bring yeah, it on this what a great gonna... ending finally yeah. finally we've got something you know, because he he's made such a screw up Previously yeah, yeah, yeah. with the 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 bear hug, you know, such, and all of that. Such great acting on
0: everyone's part. Oh,
1: I know they're fantastic. I mean, Jeremy is amazing, amazing as, as Kendall and. Calkins good. Oh, oh Calkins extraordinary. I yeah. mean, they're all extraordinary. Matthew McFadden as Tom. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's I mean, her and, name? And, that, and Nick, uh, and then the lovely Sarah yeah. as uh, I mean, she's amazing as uh, as as as, as Well, I think what I lo- Siobhan, uh, what, what's also great
0: about the show is it, it's a real Ensemble
1: piece. Everyone's uh, no, working it's, together. It's you know, so much an ensemble piece, and it's so
0: it? nice to see that because see, I, that was my question: is with all this com- com- this drive early on in your career
1: to do film. There's really nothing more boring than film acting. No, no, no. no. So. I mean, what, no. <laughs> You exactly. Know. I mean, I mean that's why I, you know I have to get back into the theater. Right, and uh, and this show seems like at least you're there are scenes where it's like you're doing it. Yeah, that's right.
0: You know, like with with doing films in my limited experience of it, it's all bits and pieces, yeah. and you
1: right, you can't really get going. No, well, you see, that's what they do wonderfully well—the writers and the directors. Yeah. They let of scenes succession, and they of succession. Yeah. They let scenes run, so you can play them through. So all the big scenes are played one or two times. But they, we play them through, yeah. So we play oh, it like okay. Okay, we play yeah. it like theatrical pieces, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that's great, you know. Well,
0: at least you get to stretch out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah Do yeah. the job, right? You know,
1: d- you know, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very <laughs> gratifying. And
0: it seems like a, it's weird because when I saw you in Succession, like I, I've 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 seen one maybe one of the Bourne movies, but yeah. you know you, you got a good gig with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and but I remember you from like Adaptation was the first time uh, where right. I was sort of like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah,
1: and, yeah. How did you like working with Kaufman with that with his script? Oh, it was fantastic, right? I mean, I mean fantastic. I mean, it was. It's so a Spike Jones movie. And Spike, yeah, yeah. You know, and Spike is just great. I mean, I, I did her as well. The, the movie about. Uh, uh, that uh, you know the, the, Which one, the oh yeah her yeah know, absolutely when he, when yeah he yeah falls yeah. in love with the I O no, that's great and, uh, that's yeah.
0: great wait, wait, who were you in that
1: I played Alan Watts.
0: Oh yeah! Great, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A, a yeah. real guy, and the uh, and the adaptation guy was kind of a real guy. Well, yeah, he was Bob McKee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Bob McKee, I know. It's I mean, <laughs> it was Bob McKee that got me the job because it was suggesting, really? oh yeah. they said, "What about Michael Caine?" He went, "I don't think so." Yeah, <laughs> right. He said, "I know who should play it because he'd seen me do." I did Skylight the play Skylight uh-huh. at, at the Mark Taper. Yeah. yeah, here. That's and, a nice theater, uh, huh? Uh, yeah, it's a lovely theater. And uh, he came, he, he doesn't like David Hare, but he said, Wow, well, I liked you, yeah. So he he and he's become a friend over the years, and uh, yeah, he he suggested you know me for that part. And I and I knew because one of the great things when I decided it was a decision I made in the 90s, yeah, having had a you know pretty good career I still wanted to do movies yeah you make good I, choices though the yeah. Braveheart you were great That's I remember right. that. yeah well, the thing about it was that you know in England or Britain yeah, I'm sure. Sure. it's an English thing but yeah there's this sort of strata you go oh I, I'm doing that and I went I don't believe in any of that yeah. nonsense if the part works the part works I mean I have played one of the most successful roles ever which is Manhunter, and he's only on the screen for ten minutes. Yeah, and it's it's the less you do, the more you you're you wanted. You know, you, you people go, "Oh, who's that guy?" And sure. when is he coming back? Oh, he's oh he's got, Oh, he's oh that. You know, and that's so exciting. So when I decided uh, in, uh, and it was Michael Powell. I read Michael Powell. He he wrote. Who was a great filmmaker, uh-huh. and, and he said. In his biography, he said, you know, in, in movies, there are no big parts and small parts. Yeah. He said, there are only long parts and short parts. Yeah. You're on the movie for a long time or a short time, but <laughs> you get, you know, you get the focus. Yeah. For that day, That you know, the day player, which is the hardest thing to be in movies, yeah. you get that focus. So yeah. Sometimes it's too much because because you have to deliver because you've only got a day. But I thought that was a very good angle to me to, to re... Restart my career in the mid 90s here because yeah. I moved here. I just decided that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a character actor in movies. Yeah. And I remember having this discussion with the late uh, Nigel, um, oh Christ, names go. Uh, he was a very famous actually south african but known as an english actor who did yeah. this tv series which was very successful and he he was me he'd just done a film with sly stallone yeah and i met him on a plane yeah and he was going he said i can't do that they said i i can't play those parts anymore I'm, I'm 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 a leading actor and i said i said you know nigel i said forgive me for saying this but that's absolute bollocks yeah <laughs> i said you know you've just worked with sly stallone I worked for Stephen with Stephen Segal for Christ's sake. Yeah, just imagine what that was like. <laughs> Yeah. And it was fine. Right. Because you, know, you just learned to do the job. Right. I said, and it's, you know, it, it really Where'd is. where you work with Segal? in? Pardon? Where were you in? Where oh, the- I was a thing called Glimmer Man. Uh-huh. And, and he's such a. Okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we haven't got enough time to talk about him. I mean, actually, he's, he's, he's very complex. He's yeah. actually. There's something very sweet about Stephen. Yeah. Which I'm, you know. But anyway. So, anyway, so I said to Nigel, I said, look, it doesn't really matter. You know, you go in and and you, you know and and I you know I I when I first came to Hollywood in in the mid '90s, I saw careers like Andy Garcia and Michael Keaton who yeah. are magnificent actors. Yeah. But I saw them all being judged by that opening weekend. Right. You know, trying to get them the film past the opening. They got weekend. to pull the people. In. They got to pull the people, and yeah. I I did a film called Desperate Measures, which was well named. Yeah. They're desperate measures. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. And. That was Michael and Andy, and it was a big break. You know, yeah, and they were big earners. And after that, their careers went in a very odd way. Yeah, because of the onus that was on them to, you to know, sell tickets. You know, and it and it and it just I just thought, I don't want to be in that position. Oh fuck that I never want to be in that. Yeah, position. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want to keep working. It's not on you. Yeah, yeah. And, just and, right. I, and actually, television is much kinder that way. Yeah, because television, you know, television because you can stream it, you can do it, you know, and it's, in a way, it's much more of an egalitarian process too.
0: Well, now there's, and also the outlets are there. There's a need for content. That's right, and it really seems that if you're given the right environment now, you can make a great thing. That's right, and people will come to it. Like I, you know, I after the first season of Succession, I'd heard some about it, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like you got to be a real like when you start when you get the hang of that show how are you not going to fucking watch it yeah yeah,
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and then you got a good gig for at least four or five seasons
1: yeah well, right health um, coverage ho- hopefully <laughs> huh? hopefully yeah yeah you know, I, they can kill me off any minute <laughs> well yeah I think you got no I don't think so not yet <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also
0: like you know doing the movies like uh, the you were was it was it a Spike Lee film was it 20, 20 was it 25 20, 25th 25? hour that, yeah that was a that sweet was a part wonderful film right and yeah. you, and you Work with, uh, and you work with these as a support. You know, you get to really do great acting on your own, but also work with these,
1: yeah. you know, heavy hitters like yeah. in the boxer. I mean, yeah. that was not right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I've been very lucky that way, and the, and and the parts have served me well. You know, I, yeah. I, I, there's not one single role. In LIE, though, that was heavy. Oh, LIE. Well, LIE was a very. Amazing film. I mean, that was so a,
0: you, when, when you look for these projects, even if they're smaller movies, when when you read the scripts or when you get offered them, what, what how do you make the decision to, to to play a guy who's this kind of complex, you know, pedophile? Well, who's yeah, a sympathetic I mean, character,
1: right? Yeah, and you know, and again, that's the sort of thing where people said, you know, you got to watch it. You got to watch it with that role because you know you don't want to get identified. And I, said, yeah. I, I never get identified with any role just because I, I keep moving. The thing right. about it is, don't stop. Right. Don't stand still. Keep be a moving target. <laughs> Yeah, and also, like, as a character actor and as somebody that has the chops that you do,
0: it's it's not, you, you know, to not be a movie star yeah. and, and have everything be related back through who you really are, yeah. is that's a gift yeah. to be able
1: to just sort of transform. That's right. I'm not, I'm not, and it's also what I call acting. <laughs> you know, it's what to me is the that's, essence of acting. That's it's, the job. The job is to be different people. Yeah, and I've been very lucky that way. I mean, I, I, I mean, L I E was a great example of yeah. something which you know hit a nerve and people went, "Wow, that's an extraordinary thing to do." And I, I, I've been very blessed. You know, it's 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 been frustrating. My wife feels sometimes, "Oh, you don't get the credit you deserve," but she's changed her mind recently. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it it is sort of an exciting thing that you you have. You know this amazing
0: body of work, and that people will. You, you're one of those people where, you, you know, once you start telling them yeah. you know, the movies, they're like, "Oh yeah, you yeah know, like, exactly, exactly." But exactly. that's
1: that's the that's the plight of the character the, but actor. That, but that's but but that's also the joy of it. Too. Sure, the joy of it is that they go, "Oh, you of course, right?" Yeah, that's you know, good. You go, "Wow," you know, "You're
0: that good." That that's you know, a, you're, yeah.
1: you're not you're not associated with you, no, but with right. the characters. That's right. That's right. And that's that's the bliss of it. Yeah.
0: So, like with this, though, what I'm finding interesting is that, uh, you know, th- that this character of, of uh, Logan Roy sort of speaks to your roots somehow. Yeah. Like, I didn't, well, like that, not that, until talking to you, do I realize when you're walking through Scotland, yeah.
1: going through. Well, that was what happened. You see, that was the other thing that happened, which was so extraordinary. So, in the first season. Yeah. Um, you know, right at the very beginning, right to my first conversation with Adam McKay and who was directing the pilot and Jesse. Yeah. And I suggested at that point, I said, you know, I could play this character, Scots. I said, it might be interesting. Yeah. And Jesse said, no, I want an American. He's got to be an American. I, he has to have an American voice. Adam McKay was a bit more, he was a bit more inclined that way. And I said, okay, I'll play an American. So I ended up initially playing not American but I played well I didn't know that but until I I mean I <laughs> I played a Canadian he was Canadian uh-huh. and um, he was born in Quebec uh-huh. so in the first episode first episode there's this big birthday party and they celebrate my birthday and he says born in Quebec Canada well Episode nine. Yeah, I've done nine episodes, yeah. and I'm you know you know I'm doing my stuff and doing my shit and what have you, and suddenly Peter Friedman, who's playing the Frank, who I keep firing and rehiring, <laughs> he he <laughs> comes in and says, you know, I've just done some ADR on uh, on on the show. He said they've changed your birthplace. I said, what do you mean they've changed my birthplace? He said, you you're no longer born in Quebec. I said, what do you mean I'm no longer born in Quebec? He said <laughs> he said, no. He said, you're born uh, he said, Oh, I do I can't remember where you're born. He yeah. said, well, let me look it up. And he goes yeah. like this. Oh, he said, Yeah, you're born in somewhere called Dundee, Scotland. <laughs> I said, That's where I'm born. That's where I come from. Yeah. And I went, What <laughs> you know, I was kind of completely one plus. Why would, why would they have told you? And I went up to him and I went up to Jesse and I said, Jesse, um, what what is this? Oh, he said, we thought it'd be a little surprise. I said, it's a hell of a surprise, yeah. you know. I've just recorded nine episodes. And, of course, in the second season, we do an episode. Of course, I'm now my favorite son of my hometown because we did an episode called Dundee. Yeah, yeah. Which not a lot of people had heard about the right. place. yeah, yeah. And we filmed in the beautiful... Oh, so new- now you are. You're actually... That, now you're the favorite son now. That, because- that's, that's it. And, of course, it was very odd to go back to Dundee I mean, I go back to Dundee re- done on a regular basis, but not in such a public way. Yeah. So to go back to Dundee and play Logan, who has these this thing bad memories for him... And, of course, I have mixed memories about Dundee. On the whole, my memories are quite good. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, apart from, I mean, I had a very blissful childhood up until the point my dad died. I mean, it was fine. And then it was tough. It was tough. But I still, I have such admiration for the people of my hometown because they are, you know, they've been they've been shot on like, <laughs> yeah. you know, from Winston Churchill onwards, they've <laughs> yeah. been shot on. But they've, fin- they've survived and they've built this rather beautiful thing now, yeah. and, which is, I mean, they still have the biggest heroin addiction and Scotland, oh, it's a oh, huh? Fifth generation. I mean, it's oh, really bad. Oh, that's terrible. But, but anyway, the town is getting some focus. It's getting some, you know, attention. Yeah. So, and I, so I'm going back and I'm doing all this Logan Roy stuff. And um, and Danny Houston, who's a lovely man, he comes. Hey, I've interviewed he's him. He's a good guy. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. Tremendous guy. And he said, "Well, never mind, old Logan Roy's He said, "What about you?" Yeah. I said, "What do you mean, what about you?" He said, "Well, let's do you." I said what? He said, "Well, I want to see where you your background. I want to see where you went to school, where you went." To... So I I got a bus, and I, it was you know it was about four or five of the, the cast yeah. came, and I took them around your your my life, memory, my memory lane. <laughs> yeah, you know? but yeah. it's so it's so odd in a way that that has come to me in in, in a sense, and uh, it's kind of bizarre actually. There's something really bizarre about it, but there's but there is a sort of you know. Closing the circle in a way, sure. you know, which is kind of odd.
0: Yeah, and also I I think the opportunity to, to 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 sort of inform the character with that much of of your real memory. Yeah, but with you know, but having but having the character have gone a very different way. That's right. That's right. It's got to be sort of interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it is interesting because you go you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean the whole Logan thing. I mean just his um, his his language, yeah. or his, his his cursing. Yeah, I mean, I mean which is just uh, they're all doing a, it. I know. I mean <laughs> people. I get people coming up to me in the theater. People would come up. You know, I would come out of the <laughs> stage door, and these you know, these kids, you know, teenage boyfriend and girlfriend, would say, "Could you tell us to fuck yeah, off, oh, please?" Fuck off. <laughs> and I'm going, "What? Can you? Can I film you saying fuck off?" And I went fuck off <laughs> <laughs> but the worst the worst the funniest was yeah. I went oh, I, I did this movie with the lovely Rosanna Arquette and she's you know she's quite political Rosanna and yeah. she said would you come to a we're having a me too um, we're having we're doing a book launch yeah. for Ronan Farrow and I said well, I'd love to come mm. I really admire what he's done and he particularly he helped a friend of mine who had a, a thing with Moonves yeah. you know, so she, he was very very, um, you know, he's he's given her a lot of stuff that she'd lost yeah. in terms of her own self-respect. Uh. And um, so I thanked him. And at the end of it, and then suddenly I was surrounded by all these women. And they were coming up to me and going, and, and not all of them, but a couple of them were quietly saying, could you tell me to fuck off? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going... Is this wholly appropriate in a Me Too event? <laughs> it's appropriate, yeah. You know, and then it just goes back to full circle to how disappointing human beings are. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they can't hold on to anything for five minutes. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> the ludicrous nature.
1: The ludicrous nature. So what does it mean to be a CBE? A commando of the... Well, there's another word for it. A, a C of the British Empire. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it It's something that I did... Is it is it an honor? To, is it, it given is to honor. you? It's or an honor. It? No, you, you, the Queen they recommend you get it, and uh, they recommend you get it. Yeah, the they, Queen does. Well, what you know, is it? They recommend it to the Queen. But I, you're not a knight. No, I'm a. No, I'm not a knight. I'm not Sir. Yeah. I, I'll never be Sir because I. I mean, I did it at a time when I I should have thought better, but uh, I accepted it because because I'm fickle. <laughs> Well, also, like, it's weird that you know that shit runs deep, man. I, I mean, know that, that's you know, a problem. You see, this intellectually,
0: the... you can t- think whatever you want about uh, about politics, but like when the Queen offers you something, you're like, yeah. okay, okay. 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 <laughs>
1: you know, this is the thing. I mean, the, I mean, it's like it's like this big big, big weekend coming up with the Golden Globes. Uh-huh. You know, you're going, ah, oh, come on, yeah, really, And then you go, oh, this is this nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're caught on the horns of a horrible dilemma because you really think it does your head in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm sitting here thinking all the time thinking this is uncomfortable what the I, Golden Yeah, being Yeah, nominated? it's uncomfortable because yeah. I I'm having to deal with my own greeds and my own sure, you know right. my own, you want to be humble and I you, want to be humble at the same time you know you're caught on the horns of a horrible dilemma <laughs> yeah. you know, is that a Shakespeare line no I just is made it up <laughs> I like it it sounds but like a it, Shakespeare line it, doesn't but it? it yeah it's probably influenced by that <laughs> but it's true you know it's a very hard thing and uh, so when I became a CBE, you know, I keep my excuse was I have a royalist sister and I have a Republican sister. So I thought, well, my, my royalist sister will be happy for that. And what, what does it she mean? She couldn't give a shit. Yeah, well, she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my justification. Yeah, for you. The rationalization <laughs> for, but for you now to do I would, I would seriously think about becoming a knight. I, w- I wouldn't want to do that.
0: Yeah. What does yeah. what
1: it, it entitle you to? Well, nothing, you nothing i mean I think, a, you can, a, I, I think you can get married somewhere like st paul's cathedral oh, or, something. It, but it's, it, or you might get buried i mean
0: what does it recognise i mean it, re-
1: it recognises your service to the arts oh, okay. i mean that's what it recognises oh, okay. i yeah, mean yeah. Yeah. i'm recognised for my service to the arts and it's cbe is usually a precursor to getting a knighthood okay well i got my cbe a while ago and i because i've been so active in scottish independence even though we are determined to do, well, they are determined to keep their queen. Mm. You know, she still, she goes with the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, they, sure. we, we don't get rid of her. Yeah. Anyway, that's another question. But uh, so. So, like,
0: even if you do, you know, uh, n- you take back
1: Scotland, you keep the queen. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, she has a house in Balmoral. And, she's, right. and also, she is partly Scottish. Uh-huh. She is. Half Scottish. I mean, she comes from one of the oldest families, the Bose Lions, which uh-huh. is her mother. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. It's complicated. Yeah, but but even so, you know, you you know, it's not. It will never be a proper republic,
0: right? You know, yeah, because know. it's uh, it's mired in. Well, I, I, well, that's the thing. Is like so many things. It seems even in in this country about you know what has just become accepted that you know that I don't think any any of these. Like Scotland's not prepared to go to war. No, no, we can't go to war. We get beaten very badly. (laughs) So, all right. So the globes are what? When are they? Next? Are they tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh wow. Yeah. So, uh, so you got tux and everything? You ready to go? Yeah, I've
1: got all the crap that you have to put on. Well, it should be a good night. You like Ricky Gervais? Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, he's Uh, a bit. He's a bit. He's a bit home counties for me, but, uh, you know. What does that mean? Well, he's English. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't mind that. You yeah, know, I mean, I, I, I love a lot of English humor. But I don't know what to do with him sometimes.
0: It seems like a gimmick. You know, he's a gimmick now.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's odd. You know, I mean, he created this amazing thing called The Office. Great. And, and it was astonishing. Great. Astonishing work, yep. and then it was kind of hard to know where he went. On. I mean, I thought extras actually was even better. I loved extras. I thought yeah. extras was a great. show. It was good. Yeah, and I think he's a talented man, but I think he has. I think he's got a few demons. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting to me that
0: somehow or another. You, did you manage to avoid the demons? You didn't. You don't seem to. You're not a boozy me?
1: guy yet. Yeah. No, I mean you know when you grow up the way I grew up and you saw so many demons around you you you're very happy to get rid of that's them one right?
0: I guess that's one way to go
1: yeah, and, uh, yeah. to not succumb to be no, like no, no. a lesson learned yeah the lesson I was I I'm I'm very blessed yeah because I saw and I saw you know, I, saw, you know I, I I went to school with some of the guys who were, you know really psychotic yeah you know so from booze you, or just in general. Pardon?
0: From booze or oh, just no, in general?
1: Oh, no, these were kids. Yeah, oh, right. I yeah, mean, I'm yeah. talking about 10-year-olds. <laughs> you, you, know, yeah. you know, And there's nothing more psychotic than yeah. psychotic 10-year-old. Yeah. And that's and they're scary. Yeah. Because they have no, there's no moral kind of... Um, no lessons
0: or No, no. So they're just no, fucking...
1: they just... They do. I mean, then they used to do some horrible things: kill know. cats and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 terrorize old people. That oh, was right. the other thing, which was pretty horrible. Yes. Well, well, I'm glad that you missed that. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I missed that. So that was, you know, that was. I, I think my growing up and, and 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 you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more cruel than the school playground. Oh and, yeah. You know, there's nothing yeah. more cruel than that. And, and it I
0: turns know. out, like uh, judging by our president, that it can last well into your seventies. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. It never has to stop. No, no, I mean,
1: I think he's classically an abused child, classically. Or an abandoned one somehow. An abandoned as well, yeah, yeah. abandoned and abused, yeah. you know, and I, I and that way I have, a, I have a certain empathy, only a certain, but I have a yeah. certain empathy for him in that one.
0: I guess empathy is healthy in, in all
1: cases. I think so. I, I think we've got to understand, you know, we have this great expression in Scotland called, we're all, we're all Jock Thompson's bins." What does that uh, mean? It's Jock it's, it's is like him, yeah, and Burns that we're all his kids, yeah. So I, we're all we're all born, yeah, right? You know, under the sun, we're yeah. the we're we're all the same, yeah. And I kind of believe that to a certain extent. It's, yeah, it's what you make of it, and it's sure. what you don't make of it. You know? sure? And I think that that's. You know, everything is up for grabs after that. But, yeah. But fundamentally, and that's a, and it's a thing about. I mean, sometimes it goes too far in Scotland. You know, my mother's greatest praise would be, "Oh, that was quite nice." Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you yeah, go, yeah, yeah, "Can yeah. I just have a little bit more, ma?" <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's it. Nothing's <laughs> it. Yeah. But that was it. You know. But yeah. that keeps you level. You know, it keeps sure. you down. It keeps you humble. It's a bit puritanical, but it yeah. does. It does work.
0: Yeah. It. It, it, and it also guarantees that uh, you never feel quite great. No, you yeah, never you feel. Always humbled. Yeah, you if don't she's report. not going to do it, you'll do it. To yourself. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And yeah.
1: Of course, and of course, it means the chip on your shoulder just gets bigger. Uh, course, yeah, yeah, because you deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. And It's a healthy chip to yeah, carry that's around. Right. <laughs> great talking to you, man. It's lovely talking to you. Thanks for coming. You're welcome.
0: What a great guy. What a great actor. What a great conversation. Remember, uh, Succession on HBO. It's been renewed. Go catch up. It's really satisfying, and he did just win the Golden Globe for his performance in that show. And don't forget, watch me tomorrow night on Finding Your Roots. Also, go to wtfpod.com slash tour for the upcoming tour dates in the cities I mentioned earlier. I could mention them again. Would you like me to? Cleveland, Grand Rapids, Milwaukee, Orlando, Tampa, Portland, Maine, Providence, New Haven, Huntington, New York. Uh, now I will play uh, three chords for you and I'm making you a promise out loud so I have a witness and I and I and I and I have uh, it's on the record I'm going to learn some new chord progressions and I'm going to bring them here but not today <laughs> Boomer lives.